Hello, Hello everyone in podcast listening land. I'm Karen Devaney. And I'm Ann Barner. And, and we're, we're sisters. sisters. Welcome to Sugarcoated Murder, where we'll discuss and probably inappropriately laugh about and comment on. Yep, one of our favorite subjects murder. murder. Oh, and we love to bake. And why not combine our two favorite subjects baking and killers? Recipe. That is so exciting to me because I don't have to pay a million dollars for it. You do not have to pay a million dollars for it. Oh, that's good news. That's and it's yummy stuff. It is delicious. It delicious. is very, very, very is easy. And it really and truly does take a full pound of butter. And we all know that makes life better. Better with butter. That's right. The key to success with this pound cake is you have to... In step one, you have to beat your butter. Uh-huh. If you don't beat your butter until it changes color, your cake will not rise. Because there's no baking soda or baking baking powder. Any oh, wow. Any just, it's just the air in the butter. It's the air in the butter. So what you're telling me is, just beat it, beat, beat it, it, beat it, it, beat it. Put it in the mixer, turn it on and beat it. Beat your butter. Till it's got air in it, airy butter. And you have to sing that song while you make it or else it Just work. beat it. Beat, beat it. it. Beat, beat it. Beat it. Beat No, we're beating butter. The we're beating butter. Is. It's butter beaten. Butter beaten. It's butter beaten time. Egg beaten. Um, the million dollar pound cake is an old southern living recipe. Oh. Um, see if it'll tell me when it came out. I don't know. Google it. Southern Living Million Dollar Pound Cake. You'll find it. Yeah, yeah. You'll find it. And then you'll make it. And then you'll make it. But then that's sad because they won't need us. No, don't Google it. Just email us and get it. Yeah, we'll do it. It will make me sad if I figure out that that they didn't get it from us. They didn't. Plus, you don't get tips and tricks. That's right. And we we put tips and tricks. Incredible tips and tricks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just ask the people that got the recipe for the cheesecake. It was like a book. (laughs) They're probably still reading it. They probably have not even made the cheesecake yet because they're they're still reading it. It's too complicated. I'm not making it. That's what happened. And they're probably going to email me back and ask for a PowerPoint (laughs) brief. Can we get a PowerPoint presentation? Yeah, we got to break this down. We might have to video it. Oh gosh. Process. Yeah, well, we're not really good videographers. Um, yes, as you will recall, we did say on our last podcast we made that a you wee would be, promise that you would be seeing a video of Mama making her key lime pie. It couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, we recorded the entire episode 
and it didn't get anybody but Mama in the shot. And we and were, it was Mama's back. And it was her back. <laughs> Even though we turned her around a couple of times. And you could see our arms. You could see my elbow in Every one once of them. in a while, my, half my head would pop in. And, and yeah, we're it, not it good go at well. videography. So we're going to work on that. Yeah. We will. If anybody has any tips and tricks, let us know. Because it know. was... It was not okay. I think we didn't have our camera. We used a camera phone. We didn't yeah. have it turned the right I way. I couldn't find a tripod from a camera we phone. Had a, so we had a little, a, mini, a, a miniature oh, easel that you put a little teeny photo on. <laughs> we rubber banded on there. It was awful. We didn't do well. People. It was more the ceiling than anything else. So it was, anyway, let's move on. I have a murder story. Oh, 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 let's hear Where's your murder from? Well, um, it's it's a couple different places, but we're going to start in South Carolina. Oh, that is not what you told me before. I understand. I understand. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. Wow. It's, a surprise. it's already a twist. Woo! I know. So, I'm going to get started. It's the early morning hours of June 23rd, 2002. Okay. A young girl runs through the parking lot of an apartment building. She is terrified. Terrified. She, she's terrified. Mother effer. I have not even had bourbon. Dang it. What is happening? Terrified. She is terrified and freaking out. Oh, I see. I see what happened there. She has a pair of handcuffs dangling from one of her wrists. Oh, dang. And she has partial bindings on her ankles. Ugh. She flags down a good Samaritan who lets her in their car and takes her to the nearest police station. And um, that happened in Lexington County, South Carolina, also known as Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. I'm semi-familiar with that area. So, when this girl gets to the police station, she performs a complete memory dump. Oh. Okay? Her name is Kara Robinson, and she is 15 years old. Oh, my God. 15? 15. And here's her story. Um, the day before, she had been out watering flowers in the front yard of a friend's house. And a random man pulled up, got out of his car, came over, and just struck up a conversation. Yeah. Amongst the chick chat, he pulled a gun on her. Oh, gosh. He forced her inside a large Rubbermaid container on this back seat of his car. What? He snapped the lid shut. Oh, no. He drove for about 10 or 15 minutes and stopped, unpopped the lid, slapped some handcuffs on her, put the lid back in place, and drove some more. Oh, my God. He lifted the container with her in it out of his car, dragged it through the parking lot. Lord of mercy. And up into his apartment. Oh, my gosh. And then he takes her out. Ugh. He stuffs a wad of paper towels in her mouth. Mm. He binds her at the feet, ties mm. her to a bed. God. He repeatedly raped her over the next 18 hours. Jiminy Crickets, what is it with you in these stories? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> and... He fell asleep, and while he was sleeping, she forced her hand out of one of the handcuffs, oh, oh, oh. untied herself, yes. escaped, and ran for her life. Woo! That's why I tell these stories. 
So, this 15-year-old courageous young woman had the presence of mind to memorize every detail she could from the time she was forced into that Rubbermaid bin to the time she made it to that person's car. Wow. Based on her memory dump at the police station, the police were able to go directly to her attacker's apartment door. Oh. His name is Richard Mark Evanitz. Evanitz or Evonitz. Oh, okay. E-V-O-N-I-T-Z. Okay. Evonitz. I don't know. I don't know. I've, in my head, I ca keep calling him all sorts of names, like Ivanovich and Ivanovich, and it's not any of those. Okay. So um, I'm just going to say his name is Mark or Asshole or Monster, or okay. you'll know who I'm talking about. Right. Okay. <laughs> so um, when they got to the asshole's apartment, he had fled. He woke up and said, oh, shit. He said, oh shit, shit my, my escape, my person escaped, so I'm going to leave. Go. He actually ended up um, fleeing to Orangeburg, South Carolina, oh. and got a, um, got a hotel room there. And so what happens is a, a three-day manhunt ensues. And he has, so as he's fleeing, he calls his sister who also lives in South Carolina, and, and confesses some things to her. Oh, dear. Yes. She actually goes to Orangeburg to meet him and see him. Okay. Knowing what he had done. Okay. And then Hopefully when... Hopefully she's called the police no, and said... And when she heard that the police were headed on his hot on his tail, she called him again so that he could leave. Are you kidding me? This is the kind of family this guy's from. Yeah, that. let me just tell you right now, not that's cool. not how I would handle that situation. Not cool, family. Not cool. So, they find him in Sarasota, Florida. And there is a high-speed chase. Oh. And they finally get him cornered. Okay? Okay. They release the police dog. Oh, oh yeah. The police dog goes and starts biting him. Right. He pulls out a gun. Uh-oh. Don't say it. He puts it in his mouth and pulls the trigger. Okay. Thank God he did not hurt that dog. Thank God. Thank God he just committed suicide. Yeah. So, um, like I said, as he was fleeing, he confessed to his sister. He had called and confessed to her what he had done. So, we're going to go back to Kara. Kara is a badass. She has got so much courage. She has got big, huge, voluptuous steel balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's got. Okay? That sounds like it. She does. So she, it, while they were looking for him, um, she actually went on um, America's Most Wanted with John Walsh. Oh. Nice. They didn't show her face, but she described exactly what happened in her attack, which I didn't give you all the gory details. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, and so they, that was on there. And then there was, um, uh, so they, she talked about it. They, so they, they said that he was the most wanted. He committed suicide. And then she went on to explain what had happened. Okay. Okay. There was a $150,000 reward out but not for him for his sister i'll get to that 
Yes. But in her interview, this is what she said to John Walsh. And I'm going to quote her. She said she was disappointed by his suicide. And this is the quote. I wanted to go to trial and let him see me again and know I was his downfall. I wanted him to look at me and know that choosing me was the biggest mistake he ever made. You go, girl. That's a badass. That's a 15-year-old girl that says, I am not going to hide. I am not going to cower. I want this man to see me for who I am. Yes. So, eight years later, she actually graduated from the South Carolina Criminal Justice Academy, the yes. only female in her class. Oh, my gosh. And in 2018, Richland County, South Carolina Sheriff's Department honored her at the 31st Annual Victims' Rights Conference. Wow. And by then, Kara had become a special deputy in the Sheriff's Department. Yes. I love that. I do, too. I love it. So now we're going to go back to Ivonitz. Asshole, monster, demon, I don't know. Dead man. Spawn of Satan. And I'm going to just pause right here and let people know that this is, this is a warning that you may not want to hear this and you can skip forward because some of this is pretty dark. But I'm going to cover it because it's about the psychology of this man. All right, so just a reminder, she's warning you it's going to get dark. It's going to get dark. If you don't dark. think you can handle it in right. your mind, think about what this guy's already done. Yeah. It's going to get dark. It's going to get dark, and it's okay. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to judge you if you don't want to listen to it. So I would say skip ahead at least 15 minutes, and then if I'm, I don't know, if I'm not singing a song or something, just keep <laughs> going forward. I don't you know. You know what? Before you get in this, could you please pause? I forgot to feed Trout. And he is starving. Speaking of demon seeds. <laughs> okay. Well, what she meant was, pause my story. I didn't mean for her to put the whole no. thing on pause. And she's just chit-chatting away. And I finally looked at her and said, you know, we're on pause. And she goes, why are we on pause? Because she, you heard her. She said pause. Oh, and I paused. All right. Holy day. I'm Okay, now I'm going to warn you Make again. Make a Bloody Mary, by the way. <laughs> Thank God. So I'm going to warn you again, it's going to get dark. Doink. So, this jerkwad, um, Richard Mark Avenance. <laughs> we said we would call him Mark or asshole. So asshole. Yeah. Richard Mark Shithead. <laughs> he was a 38-year-old decorated Navy veteran. He lived in Spotsylvania, Virginia from 1993 to 2000. Listen, I know some people from Spotsylvania, Virginia. They might be a little loopy. I'm oh. just saying. Just saying. I hope they're not listening. Uh, I'd be shocked if they were listening. I'm just apologizing right up front just in case. I don't think you should. They okay. are my ex-in-laws. Oh, I don't care about them. I'm right. not sure who you were talking about. I was afraid of somebody I knew. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, how often would I see something ugly about somebody that you knew? I don't know, Sugar. You've been in a mood since I got here. <laughs> Right. Listen, you're taking away my drama. 
Pennsylvania, Virginia from 1993 to 2000. He met his first wife there. Her name, I can't remember. I have it written down, but it's the wrong name, so I'm not going to say it. So they, the happy couple, moved back to his hometown state of South Carolina in 20... In 20,000. 20, <laughs> Do you need a drink? What's happening? Do you need a Bloody Mary? No. No. I told myself I'm not drinking tonight, but it's like my brain didn't listen. <laughs> I'm the cheapest drunk alive. Woo! Okay. So, we're going to talk about Spotsylvania, Virginia back in the 90s. I was there. I know. Okay. Well, in 1996, you were not there. Yeah, I was. You were not living there. I wasn't living there, but I was visiting the crazy people there. That's very true. Okay, anyway. 16-year-old Sophia Silva went to do her homework on the front steps of her porch, on the front porch of her home. Okay? Okay. This is on September 9th, 1996. Okay. Her older sister was inside the house. Sophia d- disappeared into thin air, oh. leaving behind her homework. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, oh, I remember this. I knew you would. Oh, yeah, I do. Now I'm, I'm, I got it. I'm yeah. picking it up. Her body was found a month later in a creek mm. in King George County. Mm-hmm. It was wrapped in a white cover, and her pubic hair had been shaved. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... Um. They're looking for a killer that's pretty depraved yeah. at this point. May nineteen, May 1st, 1997, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Two sisters, Kristen Lisk, the age of 15, and Katie Lisk at the age of 12. They get off of their school buses and they disappear into thin air. Ugh. Their father got home from work that evening only to find Kristen's book bag laying in the yard and no daughters. Oh my God! I cannot imagine what that must. Have and I felt remember like. this. I remember I this happening. Too. Oh God! Both sisters were found dead five days later in a river forty miles away. Both were covered in blankets, submerged in the water, and both had had their pubic hair shaved. Monster. Right. All these, all three cases have these similarities. Mm. They were abducted from their home quietly. They were all the same age group. They were strangled or suffocated, but that was the cause of death. They were dumped in water. To get rid of the evidence. Do All three of them had their pubic areas shaved. Ugh. They had all been raped. And... There was DNA, male DNA collected on all three bodies. So the water didn't work, Mofo. So um, the cases went nowhere. They actually, after the first girl went missing, they actually arrested a man that was out on parole for a felony. Mm -hmm. They arrested him, put him in jail, and while he was in jail, the two sisters got kidnapped Mm -hmm. and murdered, and they let that guy go because they knew it couldn't have been him. Right. So... Once they knew they were linked, they let him go. So anyway, America's Most Wanted um, puts the case. I can remember watching it on TV. Puts the case on, and there's a $150,000 reward for 
the capture and conviction of whatever shit monster is doing this right. to these girls. So, um, when Kara goes, when Kara's situation happens and they take his DNA because he had confessed to his sister, not just what he had done to Kara, but what he had done to those other girls. And she still helped him? She's a piece of shit. Oh my gosh. So, um... Once they so his DNA matched all of these cases. The fibers from his bathroom rug were found on the three victims. Ugh. And there was Kristen Lisk's palm print was found in the trunk of his car. Hmm. In his apartment was a footlocker. And this footlocker held lots of trophies. There were articles about the Lisk and Silva cases. Wow. Um, there were lots he's of other proud of himself too. yes and he's keeping track and there were lots of other trophies probably from other murder cases Ugh. they actually found a hand they actually found a hand drawn map that led to the dump site of a victim that had been found in 1996 her name was Alice Alicia Reynolds wow in Culpeper Virginia that had been an unsolved crime now they solved it so, I'm going to talk about his life a little bit and how, how fucked up he is. Sorry, Mama. That's my one. <laughs> so, he married both wives when they were very young. The first wife was 17, and he married her when he was 25. She went on a vacation to California, came back, told him she had met a man on the Internet while in California, and he lived in California, so she was leaving. Oh, my. The post, and she sent him a postcard as she was returning, like, to let him know I'm coming home to pack. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. That postmark date was the same day that um, Silva was abducted, the first Sophia Silva. Right. So his second wife was 17 when they met, 18 when they married, and he was 36. Oh, God. They both enjoyed shaving their private parts. Oh my gosh! They enjoyed bondage and rape role play as a part of what his wife thought was a normal sex life. Because she had never had sex with anybody, so she couldn't compare it. Oh my gosh. Um, he always wanted both of his wives to dress younger than they were. And it seemed that as they aged a little, he lost interest and started to hunt outside the home. Oh, my God. So his second wife decides he's going to separate from, her, from him. So they declared bankruptcy because of the separation. And, um, and they had bought a house like eight months prior to their... They bought a house eight months later. His wife decides I, she's leaving, and then it drives him into bankruptcy. On the day of his bankruptcy court, <clears throat> the court hearing was in Richmond at noon. When he got out of there, he went directly to the home of these two girls. Wow. Because he had already stalked them. He had already decided he was going to find those two girls. So he got there just in time for them to get off the bus. And be alone. <sighs> I know. So he also, so he has an obsession with water. 
Okay. Okay. He made Kara bathe while she was in his captive. And all of his victims' bodies were dumped in water. So he claims he had claimed to other family members that his father had drowned one of his dogs in a pond in front of him when he was small. The father denies it, but he was a drinker. Okay. He also claimed that his father tried to drown him in a pool oh, at a family cookout because Shithead, as a boy, accidentally splashed water on Dad's burgers. Mm -hmm. Dad denies the story. He also claimed that his father tried to drown him in the tub when he was six years old. The father said that was a misinterpretation. <laughs> <laughs> I like have misinterpreted that one. A six-year-old misinterpreted that. Oh, dear. Yes. So the mother... Is a real piece of shit. Well, yeah, she is. She always protects him throughout his life, even when he gets arrested for pulling out his penis and masturbating in front of a random 15-year-old girl. Oh, my word. She simply bails him out of jail and goes on about life. Ugh. She always covered for him when he was in trouble. Um, so when she got a call from Shithead's sister, Sister Shithead, telling her that brother shithead was on the run and it, and that he had confessed to kidnapping this little girl that escaped and then he also confessed to killing some girls in Virginia his mother said there's no way that he's he did this you are going to have to I mean I don't know why you're telling me this but this is obviously a lie he would never do this your oh. brother is very smart he was very intelligent smart enough to get away or like... he was just smart okay. he was smart enough for, to have a stupid ass mom yeah <laughs> so what the mom did was she actually blamed the victims. She said that he was only acting out on something that they chose to do. Oh, my god! Can you imagine saying that about a 12-year-old girl whose pubic area has been shaved and she's been raped? No. Oh, this is some sick fantasy of a 12-year-old. No wonder the guy is sick in the freaking head. His right. mother is a piece of shit and his sister is a piece of shit. Yes. And he has a second sister, and I think she's a piece of shit. And his brother was, or he didn't have a brother. His father was the head honcho piece of shit. So they're all pieces of shit. So yeah. guess what? Pieces of shit plus pieces of shit equals bigger pieces of shit. And so that's what we have as a piece of shit family. Yeah. The good news from this story, though, is that Kara got a $150,000 reward because she is the one that led to the capture oh, and the solving I mean, of that $150, case. $150,000 doesn't mean squat. It doesn't mean squat. Well, what first of all, this was, back really in, right, this was back in the early 2000s and she at the time, she was 15 years old. Oh, so maybe it helped her get to college to get I, that. Maybe that's what, how she got there. I don't know. But she is a, now she's a Cape Crusader crime fighter. I love it. And, yeah, she's still in South Carolina. Woo! So I, I, I don't know what it is that just pulls me. I started two other murder stories this week, and I, and I got halfway through, and I was like, this isn't working. And when I found Kara and read the story of her, how she escaped from this man, and she survived. I like these. I survived a serial killer thing. Yeah. But then when I figured out that the serial killer was had killed these girls that we knew about in Virginia, I was like, this is why I'll keep getting drawn to these. Listen, I'm, I'm the same way. I could start one and get halfway through it, and it's just not working. I think it's all about who needs their story told at just the right time. I agree, and our friend Andrea has told us that more than once. Yes. 
that it really is that because we have a, I would say, I have an intermediate to light connection to the spirit world. <laughs> but I think that's what happens is we are guided to these stories yeah. by some unseen hand. And I'm thankful for it because when I read stories like this, I mean, the last one I did earlier this week was on a girl that survived. She was the only surviving person from a victim of a serial killer. Yeah, very true. So I get, I don't know. I keep getting pulled in, but keep, that's keep doing it because it's, you know, like there's I a said, reason I can't even reason. help it. I get, I don't know if it's, I connect with the victim in some way, like when I'm reading their story or where they're from or that it's a familiar place or something, but there's something that draws me and clicks with these stories. So I love them. I mean, I don't, I don't love I that love, they happened. I love that they, we get to talk about survivors Yeah, that lived through it. And I definitely, I just never want the murder to be about the, the person that did it. Mm -hmm. I never want that. Even though I did talk about his dark past, I kind of, I needed to know what made this person tick. Mm -hmm. And he actually, I can tell you, the devil. <laughs> That's true. And he actually, there. the FBI actually um, had a four-day seminar of all these criminal profilers and forensic psychologists and all these different people that actually converged at, I think, at Quantico mm -hmm. and did a four-day seminar just on this guy. Oh, that's great. So, so they, they really wanted something. to delve into him to the find out. of it and everything. Yeah, to find out how did he get here, like yeah. what made him this way right so i'm sure there's more in-depth stuff but i gave you the highlights i can't i mean there's just a lot of darkness with this man yeah i, I mean i think the goal is to stop the serial killer before they become a serial killer i completely like, agree how do we pick up on these things yeah because they don't just wake up one day and start serial killing and right. they've, they've had this it pristine builds. life before that yeah yeah so um and well, listen out listen mamas i'm a mama i have a boy that I absolutely adore, and I think that the kid can do no wrong, but I know the kid can do wrong because he's as human as the rest of us. And if I have a son who gets arrested for pulling out his penis and masturbating in front of a young girl, I'm going to need to get him some therapy or put down some strong rules about the rest of his life. Yes. And that is going to depend whether or not I'm even in it. It's not... It's no longer boys will be boys. No. We now know that that's not true. Exactly. And I just keep seeing these mothers of these monsters who just can't believe it's their son. Oh, my God. That I don't. I think they're lying. I think they're, you know, we have to stop that. Right. And don't ever blame a victim. Don't ever blame a victim. A victim is a victim because they had to, they were forced to do something against their will, whether it was hand over their money or their purse, or their car, or their life, or their sanctity. Right. They were something was taken from them against their will. Right. So they're a victim. They cannot be blamed. No. And I'm tired of it. Me too. Hashtag stop this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Preach it, sugar. Preach it. Preach. Okay. Well, I'm off my soapbox. All right. Well, that was a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shaka. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And so, where's I the cake? I have the pound cake in the oven. Um, this is my golf. This is my. Isn't this the way the people at golf do it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh dear, Lance Bass thinks I was beckoning him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the cake's in the oven. It takes an hour and 40 minutes to cook in a 300-degree oven. Ooh, you better talk slow. I know. Mm. No, just kidding. We won't make you suffer through all of that. Mm -mm. So we'll pause until it's time to eat Yeah, know, so I'm ready to shit. take a seat and tell my story. All right, I'm going to pause it so we can get sitchinitated. Okay. All right, we're back. Oh, yes, we uh, are. We're going to have to see how things go. Trout has eaten his dinner. Trout has eaten his dinner, and I have done something wrong with my pan. I have a tube pan for my pancake that has the center of it is removable to make it easier to take out. Yeah. And somehow I've done something, and the freaking batter is actually leaking uh. out of the bottom of it. So we fixed it, put a piece of foil around it, but... The um, smoke detector may or may not go off. We'll see how it goes. But, Sorry. Yeah, did you turn on the big thing? I did. Again, okay. not professional bakers. No, don't claim so, to be. Don't. We're not. That's that, not us. I'm sure that has happened to other people. It has to have. Well, it's, I mean, it's happened to me, so I'm an old person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take it for that. I'll take that. And evidently, I had some butter or something somewhere <laughs> on me, and it is now... On my burner book. My burner book. So yeah, things so are going really well. A butter butter A butter <laughs> She done buttered her murder. I buttered it. And now I'm going to tell the story. Okay, ready to go. This is out of Liberty Township, Ohio. Ohio. Why don't you do that? I have no idea. Yeah. Granted, maybe <laughs> look into why we do that. I have no idea. I don't either. I know why I do. Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, because we, we went to see a lot of musicals in our community playhouse when we were growing up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I remember Oklahoma, Fiddler on the Roof. South Pacific. South Pacific, mm -hmm. yeah. Some enchanted <laughs> All right, so this story is completely insane. Not going to lie. It's yeah. crazy town, crazy town. I'm not even going to go all the way back to the beginning and tell you how these two crazy kids met. Oh, no. It just doesn't matter. It's two people. It doesn't matter okay. how these kids it, met. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Okay, let me have it. Um, I'm not even going to talk about their life together. I'm not going to talk about their two precious little boys that they have. I'm just going to start with the messy part. Okay. Okay? All right. This is the part kind of where the love story ends. Oh, no. Amy Jones and her husband, Chris Rezos, that's Rezos, R-E-Z-O-S, if you ever want to look it up, Rezos, are getting a divorce. It's a story we've all heard before. Uh, they married in 95. Chris was verbally and mentally abusive. By 2004, Amy had had enough. She packed her crap up, and she moved out. She got the hell out. And she took her voice. Good moved out. Right. See you later, bye. Chris didn't take it well. Um, and whenever he and Amy needed to discuss things like the custody of the boys, they would meet at a hotel. Okay. Neutral ground, right? Sure. So one afternoon, Amy's waiting for Chris in the hotel room. There's a knock at the door. Wait, they actually would get a hotel room? Yeah, they, well, it was like a, it wasn't a hotel as much as it was like an uh, interstate in, in. But like why would you get a room? So they had somewhere to talk. There wasn't like a lobby in this place. Oh, I thought they just like met in the parking lot and talked it out or oh, whatever. No, I don't know. It's just odd behavior. Okay. I don't know what to tell <laughs> you. You can, you can maybe 
Call somebody. I am. I will. At the end of the story, I will. I will. I will okay. call at All the right. end of the story okay. when I find out who the last man standing is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Chris is at the door. She opens the door. He steps into the room. Amy starts talking. Chris pulls out a mag light, one of the heavy steel oh, flashlights, wow. and whacks her on the head. <laughs> Amy falls to the bed, and Chris grabs a pillow and holds it over her face, trying to suffocate her. Um, and over and over again, he's saying, just make this easy, just make this easy. Well, Amy manages to fight her way out, and she heads for the door. Good She's her. like, I'm getting out of here. I'm out. I'm out. But Chris grabs her, uh -oh. and he says, you're not going anywhere. And then he raises that big old flashlight, and he hits her over the head again. Rendering her unconscious. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, you have to think. These, those magnetic oh, flashlights are gosh. It's like a weight in yeah. a weight room. Yeah. And he has whacked her good. Okay. First of all, this is why you don't get a hotel room with the man that you're in, in separation with. This is why. He got a hotel room with her. She got a room. You don't meet in a hotel room with him. Or maybe she was staying at the hotel for a night. I don't know. I'm saying not a good idea I to be in a hotel room with right him. Right from the beginning, I'm not going to go back and tell you how we all well, got to where I we got. I just feel like you skipped a major situation. Listen. She's dumb. I hope she knows that she's dying on the floor that she's really stupid. Okay. Sorry. If you got it out mm -hmm. on your system, okay. If I'm sure. Not, if you're sure you've got it out, I will continue. I keep looking over to see if I've got flames. You no, there's no flames. So, all right, she's unconscious. Thank God they had gotten a room because somebody next door actually hears the commotion and calls the police. The police officer arrives. He knocks on the door. Um, he hears noises as he approaches the door, and then they stop. And a couple seconds later, Chris comes to the door, and he looks shocked to see the police. His hands are wet, and he's covered in blood. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting company. Apparently. <laughs> the officer can see Amy lying on the floor halfway in between the bathroom and the bedroom, unconscious. But because the officer is waiting for backup, he can't go check on Amy. He's got to put his focus on Chris who is now sitting on the bed, and he's telling the officer, my wife and I were robbed by an unknown man that broke into the room. Now His name is Matt White. <laughs> <laughs> right. His name is Happy Matt so White. So the officer's looking around, and he's like, um, you don't have any marks on you that would indicate you had been knocked out or whatever, and there's, like... Not a lot out of place. I'm not seeing mm -hmm. anything that would have been stolen. And Chris is like, oh, no, no. An unknown male came in and robbed us. And he's knocked my wife out. he got to help my wife. <laughs> he's, not, he's knocked her out with my mad wife. Right. And it really is just like less than two minutes later mm -hmm. that the guy's backup arrives. And now the police officer can go focus on Amy. He gets to Amy. She's face down on the floor of the bathroom. And she's covered in blood. The bathroom is covered in blood, and the bathtub has is halfway full with bloody water. Amy's um, has she been drowned? Amy has. He flips her over and he wipes water from her face because she's gasping for air, oh God. Um, struggling. Clearly, she had been in the water. She had open gashes on her head, on the top of her scalp, 
and she was bleeding profusely. She's mm -hmm. gasping for air, but believe it or not, she's conscious. Mm. Yeah. She couldn't speak. She couldn't move. But the officer said, if I ask you questions, could you blink? And she blinks, yes. So once we asked, twice for no. He starts the first question. He said, did your husband do this to you? She blinks her eyes once. He said, is your husband in this hotel room? She blinks her eyes once. So police arrest Chris. They don't take him away. They just arrest him on site trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. They, or Amy's rushed to the hospital in critical condition. Um, Chris had hit her four times with that flashlight. Ugh. He tried to drown her in the bathtub while she was unconscious. Amy had four opened skull fractures oh my God. that required 30 staples, oh. 30 staples. I mean, your head is not that big. Think about it. Mm -mm. And when they do staples, it's not like they're right together. No, like they're stitches. spacing. They're spaced oh. down. You're making 30. me queasy. You're making me queasy. <laughs> I'm take another sip of my <laughs> You're making me real queasy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't talk about a staple. Oh. Uh, and she had lost a massive amount of blood. I can't imagine because... Head wounds just bleed and bleed right. and bleed anyway. But she's alive. Good for her. Yeah. Um, they finally do take Chris to jail be because he has had no prior arrest, no prior run-ins with the law. Um, when he goes in for his arraignment the day after Amy's brutal beating, he is released on a two thousand dollar bond. Who's the judge? I want the judge's name. <laughs> right. I want the so judge's the judge, name. I want to know the county that they are in. I want to know the district. I want to know everything about this judge. I need to know who this judge is. Right. So the judge doesn't even see, but for the arraignment judge, doesn't even see the file of what it is that happened. He, did, he doesn't have any details of what happened. He just knows this guy's been charged with attempted murder and kidnapping. So he lets him out on $2,000. Yeah, there's no excuse. Two thousand. I think there should be just a minimum. If it's attempted murder, it's fifty thousand. If it's kidnapping, it's another fifty thousand. Like, why can't we just have a sliding scale, a, a laminated sheet, a menu per right. se for them to just be crazy? Crazy, but I think that you maybe shouldn't get two thousand dollar bond if you have murder anywhere in your arrest warrant. I kind of agree with that. I know there are people that have been arrested and set free later because they were innocent or they weren't the person and, and the investigators but, were barking But the majority tree. of them... Yes. Okay, so anyway, we have now let a man who has beaten his wife with a steel flashlight try to suffocate her and drown her out of jail on a $2,000 bond while she fights for her life in the hospital. I just... I just... It's like this. Hell I don't. This is not setting well with me <laughs> because this is so stupid. I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? She is fighting for her life. And I hope nobody told her. Uh, no. That he was out on bond. I don't know what they were able to tell her because she was in brain surgery, having brain surgery. Fine, but I hope they at least guarded her. And they her. had guards outside of her room at the hospital. If they had told me in the middle of brain surgery, I'd have gotten up off that table. I got to go. And said, I'm going to get this son of a bitch myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Amy comes out of it. She's okay. She, uh, just a couple weeks later, believe it or not, she's released from the hospital. She's completely okay. She's not completely okay. No, I'm not saying that. But she, she's recovering from okay. a, brain, a traumatic brain yeah. injury. So, and she has 
friends that are nurses that have volunteered to come to her house and help her. Her family has gone in, changed all of the locks, all of the security codes, everything on. Oh, I hope they changed that Netflix password too. <laughs> Bitch ain't gonna get my Netflix password. You are screwed. (laughs) So um, they've got all the passcodes, everything changed. Her friend that's coming to stay with her actually went to her parents and said, I'm gonna stay over at Amy's house. Can I borrow your gun? Oh, good for her. Right. And your samurai sword. (laughs) (laughs) And your Doberman. (laughs) Right. So Amy starts to settle back into her house. She's kind of walking around and she notices that a handgun that she and Chris had. For forever is missing. So, holy crap, right? Mm. Let's just jump ahead two weeks. Oh, so it's two weeks later. Okay. At, at two weeks, Amy can now get her staples out. Stop saying staples. And she couldn't drive until she got them Of out. course not. That was like a thing. So, and she's now a single mother of two mm-hmm. young children. She needs to get back to work. She's wow, gone through a yeah. divorce. He's hanging out to the money. She's got her screws. So she's got he's to get back. my nerves. And oh, by the way, he was living with his parents because she had moved back into their home. And their, his parents lived 11 miles away. He, they couldn't have paid some bills for her? Uh, Again. I don't know. Apple might not have fallen far from the <laughs> right. shit tree. Right, right. To another another son misbehaving, right? Yes. So Amy's got her staples out. She's good to go. But here's the thing. She cannot afford the cost of daycare. And before all of this happened, Chris's parents were taking care of her children. Okay. So she actually talked to his parents and said, would you be willing to come and take care of the kids until I can figure something out? No. And no. They they said, you know, we are very disappointed in him. We don't I have don't any he's staying here. But, but we don't have we don't support him. We are very upset and angry with him. We will come to your house. No. The kids won't even come no. here. No. And he no. we won't even let him no. see the children. No, this is a badly written play. <laughs> this is so bad. Because I'm gonna just tell you, no. I would rather a stranger watch my children than the parents of the man that just tried to kill me. I know, but she really doesn't have, she's trapped. And this is part of the flaw in the system that has to be fixed. I completely, I mean, this is a prime example. She has no choice. Of course she would have rather somebody else taking care of the children. Of course. She did not want to have to rely on this guy's parents. She wanted to be done with them. But she was trapped. She didn't have money. She needed to go to work to support her children because she's not getting anything from them. She didn't have a choice. These son of a bitches. Right? I'm so mad. So they've worked it out. She gets up. It's time to go to work. She's kissing her kids goodbye. She goes and gets in her minivan and she drives down the road. She gets to the stop sign and she hears a noise. (gasps) Mother. She looks in the rearview mirror, and he, he's in the van. He has been hiding in the minivan. I must be Christmas parents probably gave him a ride. So, um, she is completely freaked out. She's screaming at the top of her lungs. I I can't breathe. <laughs> and. 
horror story. He's now in the back seat and has a gun to the back of her head. So Amy slams on the brakes because she's like, oh, my God. She slams on the brakes, and he said, take a break, drive. So she takes a right, and she happens to see that there's a cement barrier. And she's like, if I maybe crash into that, you don't have a seatbelt, maybe something will happen. But before she can do that, she hears a loud pop. Because of that pop, her foot went down hard on the accelerator. And because she had been turning in to go to that cement post, she hit it full on, no brakes, going really fast. So an ambulance comes, the police come, and their, the EMT worker thought it was really strange because there's a woman slumped over the steering wheel, but there's a man on the ground on the driver's side. And he was like, how could this guy be the driver if we've got a lady? Something's not right. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody understands how he did it because Chris had a broken pelvis and a severe injury to his leg. Somehow he managed to get out. Get out and maybe was trying to get to her or get away or something, but then passed out from pain. Oh, I hope it was hot, searing, soul-sucking pain. That's what I'm hoping for. Right. And this is one block, one block from her house. Oh. So they can see that Amy has a significant head injury because she's bleeding profusely. Her One of her eyes is swollen almost completely shut and they've decided to, that Amy needs to be flown by helicopter to a level one trauma center. But as the police, start, the police start to piece together what the heck happened, they look in the car and they find a 32 caliber Smith & Wesson. Because see, now they're thinking they've come up on a car accident yeah. and that she's bleeding profusely because she's hit her head. Oh, shoot. They no. have no idea what has really happened. Right. So... Um, they have, the gun has three spent shells and three last shells still in the gun. So the gun has been fired three times. They keep looking around and you're not going to believe what the hell they find. An eyeball. On the front seat. You're not going to believe That's it. That's an eyeball. It's not an eyeball. Is it a staple? It's not a staple. Thank goodness. It's a potato. He had used a potato as a silencer so people in the neighborhood would not hear a gunshot. Oh, my. You can see the, the imprint of the muzzle of the gun in the potato. I don't like this man at all. He is such an asshole. Yeah. So he's done a lot of research on how oh, yeah. to kill This is a wife. little bit premeditated. Thank you, yeah. Judge, for letting him out on the street so he could go buy a potato, right. which, by the way, he probably got from his mother's house. <laughs> he probably Because they're supporting him. <sighs> Before Chris is taken to the hospital, he tells police that... Um, oh, he's also got a wound on his arm. Oh, I hope it's dangling. And um, he told police that she shot him. Oh. My wife shot me. Because they're asking him about the gun. He's like, yeah, my wife shot me. My wife shot me. He's got a bullet wound in his arm. Right. The police look at it. EMTs look at it. And they're all shaking She was shot from the back of the head. And once they figured out that what she has is a gunshot wound and not a head injury from the car accident, they realized that he shot himself to make it look like yes, that was she, one of the right because he was thinking that she was dead, mm-hmm. right? Well, guess what? 
Oh, cut you go. What's your name, Amy? Amy. Go, Amy, go. Go, Amy, go. Yes. So when the police found the gun, they radioed to the trauma center, and they said she does not have, we don't think it's an injury from the car accident. We believe she's been shot. Look for bullet holes. And um, thank goodness they did because they, you, you prepare yourself in a trauma center for how Something. you think your victim is coming in. And now they can be like, okay, this is gunshot. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have wasted precious time Doing looking scans. for stuff right when um, it was, in fact, a bullet. Mm. Amy had been shot in the head twice. The trauma doctor tells the, the detective who called him they don't think that she's going to make it. Police ask if she's conscious, and the doctor said, you're not going to believe it, but she is conscious. But probably not for long. We, she's not going to make it. So the and police, she blinked with that one eye. I know. So the police rushed to the hospital trying to get a statement from her to figure out what they've done. Yes. And they actually hold up a recorder and record her. <gasps> they ask her um, questions. Um, they ask the doctors, is she able to talk? And believe it or not, she can talk. She can talk. She's, she's she can talk. A superhero. I know. She can talk. But the doctors are frantically yeah. trying to save her life. Because she's also got a punctured bone, mm. a broken eye socket, um, broken vertebrae, and one of the bullets has gone straight through her brain, straight through the back of her head, completely through her brain, and is lodged just above her eye. So what she's in rough shape. Yeah. So it's incredible that she's alive, mm -hmm. and more incredible that she's able to talk to the police before she's rushed into surgery. I love her. I love her. So um, she tells them what, hap what, what happened was, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. She told them about how he got into the car and um, held the gun to the back of her head and fired. And um, they get their statement. And as they're leaving, the detective asked the doctor one more time because he's like, I, I think this lady's going to pull through. And the, and the doctor said, she's not going to make it. She is not going to make it. So they called her family in. Oh, her family get there. She's been rushed into surgery. Um, the doctor says, we're doing the best we can to save her life, but I don't think she has a chance. The clergyman actually is the person who's the liaison between the operating room and the family. Mm -hmm. And he comes out and says it's grim. It's very, very, very grim. Oh, thanks. I know. But let me tell you something. Amy's will to live far outweighs her husband's will to kill her. Oh, I like it when the, I know I have when the little guy wins. She fights She's like the underdog. And she freaking I survives. hope she wears a cape every day of her That's life. That's right. Amy lived. She lived. Amy's got a will to live. Well, hopefully Amy's got a gun. Mm -hmm. no, Isn't Amy's got a gun? Amy. Annie, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Right? Because 
That's what you got to do. You got to arrest him. And he goes into his arraignment. No, no. If you, t- I'm <laughs> no. And he pleads not guilty. I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't give two don't shits of a hair's ass. I'm going to tell you, his butt needs to be in the jail. Well, this time, the police made sure this judge knew what the hell happened. Thank you. And that judge said, I'll post your bond at $1 million cash. Oh, yes, judge. So, that's not even like, you can give me a percentage. 10% percent or no. You give me $1 million in cash. And, and, and then I'll I'd say, out. and I want them in ones. In ones. <laughs> in pennies. I want $1 million. Dollars. Dollars. Yeah, and here's the thing. That judge needs to have a training class with the other nitwits that let him out. We need to have a training session now, a get-well plan, so to speak, for this dumbass judge. So now the case lands in front of the DA, and the DA is like, Judge, I think you've been too lenient on him. We want no bond. We don't want there to be any possibility in the world that Mm -hmm. he could get his cans, his cans. (laughs) Don't get your cans on no dollars. <laughs> so the judge then revokes the bond. So there's no okay. way he's getting he's getting out. Unless he digs his way out. Before his trial. Yeah. Wait. Amy is eventually released from the hospital and Chris is behind bars. And mm-hmm. she works really hard to get her life back in order and her boys' lives back on track. And six months after Chris tried to kill her twice, the police call Amy. And told her to keep her guard up. Excuse me? Yeah. They said, this is what we need you to do. We need you to change up your routine. Don't go the same way to work every day. Don't park in the same parking spot every day. Don't go leave your house at the same time every day. Don't wear the same pair of underwear every day. Right. Yeah. And, um... Here's some mace we're going to drop off for you. No, 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 no. And he's like, what the hell is going on? And the police had gotten a tip from an inmate in jail with Chris to let them know Chris was trying to hire someone to kill Amy, her brother, and her mother. That's why. Oh, but not his parents. Yeah. You're not going to kill your parents, are you? No. No. Because they're assholes. When they were telling the story... And when I looked it up and read the information, there is a lot of speculation that perhaps the parents helped in some way, but they swear they didn't. And they were cleared of all wrongdoing. But How else was he going to pay the person? If that's exactly right. So let me, let me keep on trucking. Um, where was I? Blah, blah, blah. Change your underwear. Change your stuff. Give it up, dude. Let, let it go. Oh, so Chris um, gets really detailed, and he's drawing maps of their houses. He is telling them the order that he wants them killed, and police get it all on tape because they send in an undercover agent. I love that. So they get it on videotape from the jail and tape recording his actual voice. He can't say, that wasn't me, I didn't do it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he still pleads. And not then the he's cri- the Chris gives the informant, the police officer, a note with a phone number on it and says, call this number and the person will give you the $10,000 that it's going to cost me for this hit. Well, the police check the number and lo and behold, it belonged to his parents. His mom. What? That little 
the arch. Right. Mothers so, and their sons. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. So <clears throat> when they decide they're, okay, let's see if we can get the mother on the hook. Got the guy on the yeah. hook. Let's see about yeah, the yeah, yeah. They so they, they set up a sting operation, and she's supposed to meet this guy in a Walmart parking lot, but she never shows up. Because I think maybe she was she, on to him at that yeah. point. She's a little bit smarter than her son. Perhaps. So. Dingleberry. They can't, they don't catch her. They don't have enough evidence to do anything to them. And they, they clear the parents of any wrongdoing. But Chris gets more charges added to his record. Good. And the DA is going to go for the maximum sentence of 99 years. And Amy has to go testify in court. Of course. About it. And she's happy to do it. Oh, okay. yeah. She tells her story to the judge. I'd wear a freaking string bikini up there, too. <laughs> Be like, here I am. Right. There in my soul. There in everything else. She has gone through, let's see, four lacerations <sighs> to the head. A bullet through her head. She's well, a near drowning. A near drowning. A near suffocation. Yes. She's now blind in one eye. Um, I would imagine she's got some mobility problems because of the vertebrae in her injured back. in her back. She's been through the ringer. Golly. And Chris's attorney advises him, if you plead guilty to all of these charges, they will reduce your sentence. So, he pleads guilty to all of the charges and gets 30 years. Now, when this happened, his kids are two and seven. So this is not, we're not talking about an old man. We're talking about. He got 30 years. 30 years. I'm, 30 years. I'm waiting for the rest of the story. You go ahead. And that was in 2005. So it's been 15 years. So he's got another 15. Yeah. He's halfway through. I can't imagine what it must be like for Amy and her family to know that this monster is going to be back on the streets in 15 more years. Um, I can't. I, I hope his him. sons are waiting for him. Right. That's what I hope, too. But that's not Amy. She's not going to hide from anything. She's taken this nightmare, and she's turned it into something really good. I'm sure. Because she's a superhero. In May of 2005, Amy's law was signed into law in mm -hmm. Ohio. Mm -hmm. This law makes it mandatory for police officers to fill out a 20-question danger assessment questionnaire in any case involving an arrest or investigation of a domestic violence incident. I like that. The bill also requires all violent offenders to appear before a judge before being released on bail or bond, and judges are provided the risk assessment questionnaire during that hearing for the accused to aid them in making an informed decision. Things like the severity of the offense, mental health of the offender, whether or not the suspect is a threat to any other person or persons are among the risk factors that the judge sees before they make their decision. Amy is remarried, and she is living a happy life with her two boys. She speaks frequently um, to groups about domestic violence. She continues to work together with um, with Congress to 
sharpen the domestic violence laws in this country. We need her to come to South Carolina. And she, I mean, she's on this show, and she really is a badass. I mean, she's out there doing, it has not held her back one bit. Good for her. Not one bit. She's riding motorcycles and dirt biking. and. Well, here, I, what I really hope is that she has a life where she never again has to worry about money. Right. Because money is how this situation I unfolded know. for her. And she was put in a precarious position that our society has got to stop putting women in. Right. It has to stop. Right. Because these are the results of that. And we live in a very, 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 in a state where there is a lot of domestic violence. At one point, we were, um, you were women, the leading cause of death in South Carolina for many, many years was domestic violence. Right. Um, and we were the top nation of women who were killed by their domestic partners. Right. In the nation for many years, we were now like at number five on that list or something. Or so we've done better. We've, we've done better, but, but there's we, so much more oh, that needs to be done. It's crazy. It really is. It's and this don't, whole country. Don't say. Don't look down your nose and say, "Well, you know, should have called somebody." You were in a domestic violence situation. You should have left sooner. You should have never had children in that kind of relationship. This guy didn't even show any signs of this problem. Like this is not again. You can't victim shame. You can't. You just cannot. You cannot unless you're willing to go and walk that same exact scenario in that victim's shoes and let it happen to you. Right. You can't victim shame. And he should have never, ever, ever been allowed to walk out of jail on $2,000 bond. No. He should have been in that jail until his hearing, and then he should have gotten 30 years for just that. I agree. So, I, this I is, agree. And I, I'm sorry. Ridiculous. I think judges need to start being held accountable for the decisions that they make. And I don't think Because I think that if they do, if they are held accountable, if somebody, I mean, you can look up your doctor and see how many complaints there are about you. Like, right. let's get real. Can we, these judges most of the time are appointed or they're voted in. Right. Let's get their records out there because this is bullshit. Yeah. I think that there has to be accountability in that seat. That is a very high seat of power. And you you cannot take it lightly. You cannot. And some of these judges just don't educate themselves. They need to. And it's on the nerves. It is. I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just saying, I'm a little riled up about this. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But it's a survivor story. And I I mean, look at us. We both did survivors. It's crazy because I was going in a different direction. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. No, don't do that. She's a. It takes away. It takes away. Don't do that. So, anyway, that's the story of Amy Jones. Her last name is no longer Jones. And I didn't even look into where she might be living because. Well, she needs her privacy at this point. But I I will say this I hope she wears a cape under her clothes every day. She does, I'm sure. I'm sure she does. There's no question in my mind. And I hope her kids know what a wonderful, great. What a warrior she is that she fought to stay alive. She did it for her kids. She did. There's no other reason. Nope. She's just a badass. She's a badass. And shame on that man's mama. I do think that the parents could have done more to... Where do you think he got the potato? I know. I know. No. I know. I know. And no. there's no way that he walked 11 miles No. Um, no. that morning to go no. in her car. He didn't. So, Or maybe he hid in the back of their truck, but they should have been... Vigilant. Vigilant on where he was. And yes. he should have never known what her schedule was. 
months. No, and they shouldn't have even gone to her house. Literally, they should have taken her to a different location and met her there. Yeah. A it's neutral something. site so that it, even if he had been in their car, what was he going to do? Right. So it just, they didn't take the, the right precautions. The, the, first, the first mistake was the judge who let him back out on the street so the guy could go after her again. I disagree. I think the first mistake was the fact that she had to meet with him in a hotel room to discuss this situation, and she was in this situation to begin with. I agree. So I agree. That's where it is. That's where it started. And then the judge... But we don't know. I really... Her. I don't know the circumstances of why she had to be in a hotel. Okay. I don't know why. Well, and I mean, this was a man she was... Yeah, she was separating from, but she had some level of trust with him. Well, yeah, because he had never... And he had been mentally and verbally abusive to her. I don't think that he well, physically she didn't see this coming. Yeah. She, yeah, otherwise she would have never met him. Yeah. So, you know, she's thinking we're just going to have a conversation. Well, Amy, my hat's off to you, girl, yes. for surviving. And to Kara as well. We have two awesome yes. women who lived another day to tell the dark tale. Yes, and it really changed around and doing good. I would be I love that they all always, in the oh fetal position in a dark room to this yeah, day. Yeah, me too. And whining. I'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. this happened to me. Give me more ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be such a whiny little fool. And these women have gone out to do good things for other people. Yes. Not Making you know. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So good for them. Well, so my kitchen is not on fire. It There's, isn't. Can you go just look There's and no see smoke until you open that door? <laughs> yeah. Walk around and see what's happening over here. Tread lightly. Because, you know, the first day I was here, I caught my stove on fire. Oh, that's true. It so, is so true. Um, well, should I just pause it? And then no matter what, we'll just wait. And no flames came out. No flames. I've got 47 minutes left. So, yeah, we're going right. to. But I'll be real honest with you folks. You may see pictures of slices of cake because it doesn't look like it's a rise. You know what? Don't judge because, you know, we're not, we're, Mama said, you know, we're not human. We're human. All right. I'm going to put us on pause. Okay. (laughs) And we're we're back. We're back. Uh, Yeah. If only. We're going to start doing side episodes. Those should be our shorties of what happens when we're on pause. But it's not suitable. There's a a lot of shenanigans that happen. All right. Well, the cake is out of the oven. It's cooled a little bit. And now we're going to taste it. It does not look pretty, but it smells delightful. It's hot. <laughs> it might, it may or may not already be in my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, just saying. It just takes one second to hit the pause button. You couldn't wait. You just couldn't wait. I'm so sorry. Well, so it's it? really good. It is. It's very good. <laughs> but I may not have any skin left in my mouth. Well, you should have waited. That's what I get. But it's yes. very yummy, guys. Yes. Very good. It's very good warm. Can't imagine how good it's going to be when it cools. Oh, and like, so... It can't always be warm, right? Because first day you take it out of the oven, it's delicious. But our family, <laughs> on day two, this is what we do. Not not for anything. But we take a slice of pound cake. We cover it in butter on the top. Butter makes it better. And then we stick it in the broiler and crisp it. So it's got this crisp it. So it's got this crunchy little top. And it's got butter and, of course, there's already a pound of butter in the cake, so I don't know why we do that. But that's what we do. That's how we enjoy it. That's how we one. butter our murder. That's how we butter <laughs> our murder. All 
right, so we have social media. Oh my God, we totally do. Let's talk about social media. We have the Instagram, and it is at Sugarcoated Murder. Find us, follow us, because I need followers. She's obsessed. I'm obsessed. I can't stop. I keep setting goals. I meet the goal. I set another goal. I'm obsessed. Y'all got to help me. Yeah. You're so doing just, a great job so far, but. <laughs> thank you. But still, I see other people and I'm comparing myself to other people and I'm like, how the hell that happen? Right. And I don't like it. Don't do that. I know. You're not supposed to compare yourself to other people. No. Blah, blah, blah. We yada, are yada, who yada. we are. We are. They're either going to like us I am who I am. Popeye. No. No? Popeye said that. Oh, I am who I am. Yes. <laughs> but he don't eat yams. No. Um, okay, so that's the Instagram. We have email. Send us a message. Talk to us. Do you want our recipe? Do you want to tell a story? Do you want to be on the podcast? We'd oh be happy gosh. to have Do you anybody. want us to send an autograph picture to you? Oh, that's funny. That's really funny because that's not going to happen ever. Please, somebody requested. No. Please. No. Please. It's not happening. <laughs> we'll just draw some stick figures on a piece we're of paper and sign our We're name. going to glamour shots, baby. <laughs> Do they still have those? No. We'll just go to like J.C. Penny to the infant place <laughs> where they do the pictures of the little children. Oh, right. And we'll do a shot. I don't know. We could go. They have that at Target, I think. We could go to Target. Oh, we some photos missing. So going to Target. Guys, we're going to Target. Y'all have to um, y'all have to make the request or there's no way I'm going to get her there. But just do it, okay? All right. And the way that you do that is you email us at murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. And then we have a website. We have a website, sugarcoatedpod. Sugarcoatedpod.com. Yes. And we have a Facebook fan page fan and page. a regular page. The fan page, if you're not a fan yet, then you can go on the page and request to be a fan, and we let everybody in. So. Yeah, we're so not picky. We're really not picky. <laughs> and that, we, uh, sometimes, we drop our sound check yeah. um, versions on there. We don't put them anywhere else, God no, forbid. And we also let you know, y'all are the first ones to know on the fan page when a new episode drops. Yes. So, and the so link is usually supplied right when it drops um, directly. And so. then the fan page, or the fans are the ones that get the notification if we're doing a contest. Yes. Or, um, at some point, we're going to get some paraphernalia, what is it called? Swag. I think we're going to get yeah, paraphernalia. Oh, yes. <laughs> if we get paraphernalia. <laughs> no. I'm not in that one. I'm not, not doing paraphernalia. that. Swag. You know, yeah, we're, we're working on what kind of swag we want. I don't know. Email us and tell us what yeah. kind of swag you want. Do you want a, a koozie? Because I feel like we've got a million of them. I love a coffee mug. We can have a coffee mug. Coffee mug, koozie. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, um, Frisbee. autograph picture. No, we're not doing <laughs> A keychain with a keychain. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. So that's it. That's all we got. We got to end it. But we've got you guys and we love you. We do. Thank you so much for Thanks for listening, listening. and sticking it with, not sticking it with us. Don't stick it to us. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.